Hiya. So I'm in Colchester and I'm about to <clears throat> get a bus, walk to the bus stop to get a bus, to get a train, to get back into London. And then I'm heading back to um, Edinburgh around just after midday. Yeah, I don't, I've, I'd really like to do some London stuff like go to the British Museum or something like that, but I don't really have time. Um, so I'm going to bail on that idea and I've got all my bags and stuff so I think I'd need to sort of have a day to do something in London in the centre and, and be staying somewhere the night before and the night after if I was going to do that so it's fine I've had a perfectly full and um, interesting time without that so and it makes me think when I get back to Edinburgh I should like Edinburgh's you know, capital of Scotland and big European city. I should make the chance to go on my own more to go and do galleries and museums there because that's not it's something that I'll maybe organise to do with a friend or with somebody. But I don't often just think to myself, I'll go to the museum by myself. Uh, I don't know why. I think I'm just so used to being a mum and things happen in company. <laughs> I've not quite got my head around it. But I will make a point of doing that. So, yeah, nice that um, Julie got back to me. I contacted her just to sort of like gentle inquiry. Um, and, you know, she's, of course, colleague as well. You see how she's getting on with stuff. We we end up on the same... On a Wednesday, there's class, and, and it's like an hour-long class when we learn some skill and somebody practice someone's a client someone's a coach and you practice in front of each other and it's all done on the phone so everyone's calling in from whatever their time zone or country is most people I think are in the states somewhere um so I don't know her from that because there's no chit chat between the people but we're both on that each week so we're like course mates we hear each other coaching somebody or being a client somebody or asking questions so I kind of know her like that but I really don't know her. But I thought that was a nice reply that she sent to you. And um, yeah, I suppose. I suppose it, from my point of view, it looks a little bit like looking a gift horse in, in the mouth because you could literally have free coaching around romance using a using a system that's um, been used thousands of times by people. <laughs> And it would at least be interesting for you to do that. You don't have to adhere to any philosophy. I think the thing is, if I was coaching somebody, I wouldn't... The stuff we've... In as much as I have talked to you or shared documents with you from co the Relationship Coaching Institute, you wouldn't do that with, with clients. You wouldn't be discussing the things. You'd just be asking them if they would... You know, coaching is never directive. It's just... It's like show somebody sort of like holding out their hand to show you that there's a path that you maybe hadn't seen. And it's like, the question is, would you, you know, does this interest you? Would you like to go up this path? It's never like, right, here we go. This is the direction we're going now. It's all, the coaching is very undirected and it's just inquisitive and um, query based. So the skill of, the main skill of coaching is... Um, to think of the right question, open question to ask somebody at the right time. And that's a skill that we're honing all the time. Um, so stuff that I've shared with you or, or, or um, 
said to you about stuff I'm learning, you wouldn't, as a client, you wouldn't be discussing that stuff. It would all just be relevant to your feelings and thoughts and desires in the moment around a certain subject. And then the coach, you know, like, can say, well, there's this approach. Is this something you'd like to explore? Yes or no, but it's, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm I suppose I'm just saying you might have got the wrong end of the stick about what coaching is like because of the stuff that I've been interested to discuss with you. Nonetheless, uh, reading the Conscious Dating book's a good place to begin. I mean, I, I would be very interested in the, like I'd like to see some hard facts from the Relationship Coaching Institute or, or a relationship coach about, um, like I don't have doubt that this works, but I'd kind of like percentages from experienced coaches, like out of the people you've seen, what percentage of people have ended up with someone in a relationship that they're happy with kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's really fascinating, but I mean, I love, sorry, I'm kind of, well, I'm not rambling, it's all relevant, but um, I love, I love the theory and the philosophy, I would rather be single than settle. And the ways that they coach you to sort of build as fulfilling a single person's life as you can. I think that's a, you know, a beautiful thing. And, you know, we are, type fours, we, inclined towards pining and longing and always, you know, the kind of, yeah, well, that that's it, pining and longing. We're inclined towards that. So if one is single and one's a romantic fool, one is going to be probably in a state of pining and longing unless one focuses one's efforts onto building a successful singles life when you're doing things that turn you on and delight you and amuse you and all that kind of interest you, etc., etc even without a partner and let us remind ourselves that when we have been in intimate relationships that are exclusive and committed to such and such a person it is not like oh my god i have now found paradise and my life is made <laughs> well i don't know about you but certainly in my experience it's like oh there's this disappointing thing. Oh, I've really been triggered about that. That's really upsetting me. Oh, you know, it's like, I mean, this is so annoying about being a human, but this attention onto the negative. So even once someone's there that's ticking whatever boxes, there's still the relationship to be managed. And it can be pretty fucking complex. And um, one, in, in, in my opinion, well, I've learned to do this, I've learned to neutralize, not neutralize my triggers, but I've learned to, when I am triggered, as I will be and am and have been in the in a relationship dynamic, what I do now is take myself in hand with whatever inflamed full flare up I am dealing with, which will always be that I feel ignored or diminished or second bested. <laughs> will always be some topic around that, of course. Um, but to take that in hand and try and neutralize that so and try and manage that and try and take responsibility for that um, so that I can keep the relationship, relational space as clean as possible and take responsibility for my own, um, yeah, wounded inner child 
who in my case is extremely sad that she's been ignored and forgotten and replaced. And in your case, you're wounded in a child who's in a rage about how dare life forget me and people not treat me the way I demand to be treated. Because yours is more angry with your eight and mine is more, like we discussed the other day, mine is more sitting in a corner with the knees up um, under a grey rain cloud. But to take responsibility for that, because the the triggers and wounds we have now, <clears throat> if we should end up in any relationship, are the triggers and wounds that will be triggered in that. So my point is that this philosophy from RCI about building a successful single life, I think is right on point. And there's a chance for happiness in that. <clears throat> More than we know. And um, personally, I could never do what um, Stuart has done and sort of intellectually and emotionally wave goodbye to the idea of a relationship like that. Just, I know that will never work for me. I'll never go, oh, well, never mind. I'll just have a single's life. But whilst I am single, um, Yeah, uh, keeping it in mind about building a really good support community and doing stuff that turns you on and, you know, like like me with my drumming, for instance, like I really want to do that and I'm absolutely fucking lazy nine. Like I never fucking do it and I really want to do it. So if I could get my finger out and organise myself in my life so I'm prioritising practicing the drums so I can get better at it that's going to make me feel way more fulfilled just that one thing that I could introduce into my life so I'm going to stop rambling now thank you so much for inviting me to stay over at yours it was really fun it reminded me of being 20 something and having flatmates because I've not lived in a flatmate situation um, for many a moon, <laughs> yeah, since my 20s, so that's 30 years, but something really fun about just having a pal, um, and it was memorable to, <laughs> it was memorable to wake up, have a cup of tea, and, and have a ukulele <clears throat> thrust, thrust into my hands, not that you did that, but you are very sparky and creative, and, um, it's really fun, <clears throat> <clears throat> to be around your, <clears throat> excuse me, creative sparkiness, like you, ideas come off you like sparks. It's like, hey, let's do this. And what about that? And how about these lyrics? And how about a walk there? And why do we eat this? And just to say it is a, a, a delightful side of your nature that you have, you have more than your fair share, <laughs> more than your fair share of creative enthusiasm. And I really love that. So it was super fun to, wake up and sing with a croaky voice um and play uke and guitar i i love that and uh thank you for having me and um i hope i haven't traumatized your dog by touching him when he was eating uh and yeah speak soon hope you have a good day I got friends in New York City 
everyone I know left out That's the place your daily dreams go Where you can't see the sun go down Hold you right up your Skyline, fool you, babe. 